Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the David Icke Dot Connector video cast. Me and Dad today are going to cover a load of subjects, actually. We're going to kick off, first of all, with the big one. There is no virus, Dad. Yeah, you know, this is a, this is a Rubicon that unless people cross it, they get caught in a trap. And the trap is the perception that there is a virus. And once you um, get caught like that, you have debates and arguments that appear to be, um, you know, against each other. And to an extent they are in terms of how you respond. But there's a common theme that there is a virus. And so you'll have people saying, oh, we must have lockdown because there is a virus. And then you'll have other people saying, well, uh, actually, it's not as deadly as they said. So we shouldn't have lockdown and we, we shouldn't destroy the economy. Uh, but we have to look after the vulnerable and, and all the rest of it. And, and you're having this debate within this um, arena that there is a virus. And if you accept that there is, other things come from that. Uh, one, that governments are responding to a virus uh, in ways that are um, what is necessary, one camp, or massively over the top, another camp. But they're still responding to a virus in some way. And it also um, gets you into this whole um, debate of how you should respond, how governments are responding. And you're still in this tiny little bubble of there is a virus, the government's doing the right thing, the government's doing the wrong thing. But it's doing it because it's making mistakes in response or whatever. Once you cross that Rubicon to there is no virus, everything changes because now governments are not responding to a virus. They are creating a system of response that is transforming human society into a global fascist dictatorship on the basis of not reacting to a threat to health, but using a manufactured threat to health to justify the transformation of human society. Everything changes then. Now it's not incompetent governments and incompetent um, medical and science advisors to those governments that are causing the mayhem because they're idiots. Now it becomes a cold calculated, we're gonna sell the idea that there's a virus when there isn't because that allows us to transform human society as that Ike bloke was uh, uh, saying for 30 years, the plan was to do. And so, once you um, let the penny drop that there is no virus, all the, the kaleidoscope, if you like, comes into uh, focus. If there's a real virus, why do they have to fix the figures? Because there is no virus. So all you can do to make it appear that there is, is to fix the figures. Why are they um, testing for this virus with a, a test not testing for the virus? Because there is no virus. So they have to give the illusion that there is one by testing for it with a test not testing for the virus. But because of all these fake positives from the test not testing for the virus, you can give the illusion that there is one because you've got all these cases. Why do they have to fix death certificates to put on them COVID-19 
as the cause of death when quite blatantly people are dying of other things. If there was a real virus, they wouldn't have to fix the death certificates, they'd take care of themselves. Why do they do that? Because there is no virus. No deadly virus. And thus they have to scam the death certificates to give the illusion that there is one. Then uh, another question, why, um, why are they giving financial incentives in America to diagnose the virus? When, if there was a real virus, why would you have to give financial incentives to doctors to diagnose it? Again, take care of itself. So it's $4,600 for a hospital that diagnoses regular pneumonia, $13,000 for the hospital that diagnoses the same symptoms, COVID-19 pneumonia, and $39,000 for putting a COVID-19 diagnosed patient on a ventilator, which will almost certainly kill him. Why do you have to do that if there's real virus? So why do they do it? Because there is no virus. And you know, when I started talking about this on the basis of what a number of courageous, intelligent, real doctors were saying all those months ago, back in March, April, it was, of course, you're freaking mad. We got banned from YouTube and Facebook because I said it. But as, as we come closer and closer and closer to, 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 to present moment, it becomes the explanation for it all. So the virus, SARS-CoV-2, has never been isolated to show that it exists. All it is, is a computer-generated fiction. That's all it is. And from what I gather um, from uh, someone I was talking to this week, there's about to be a big cash prize offered to anyone who can show that SARS-CoV-2 exists. And I tell you what, they won't lose their money. And people say, oh no, look, there's, there's a picture of the virus. I've seen it everywhere with all these things sticking out. No, no, that's a computer generated image. That's what, that's what it all is. A computer generated fiction. But the bigger the lie, the more we'll believe it, as the Nazis say. And when you, when you put someone's, for instance, medical career on the line, so that it ends if you say there is no virus, they're going to come a, uh, around to believing there's a virus. And, and that's all they've heard anyway, all oh, there's a virus, there's a virus. Everyone's saying there's a virus. All the doctors, all the medical staff around me are saying there's a virus. The World Health Organization is saying there's a virus. The media is saying there is a virus. There must be a virus. No, no. It doesn't matter how much you repeat it. It doesn't make a virus that doesn't exist, exist. And then you've got the media. The media wouldn't dare say there is no virus. Just as medical people, apart from a tiny few really courageous ones, would say there is no virus. They have to go along with it. So they go, oh yeah, well there is a virus, but, but, but we, we, we're dealing with it in the wrong way. We're going over the top or whatever. And then you've got the, like I say, the journalists, they wouldn't dare question the fact that there's a virus, they'd be out the door. And so um, you have this illusion going on where you've now got this debate about how you respond to the virus and now you've got some journalists and broadcasters one or two now starting to come out and say well hold on a minute you know this lockdown makes no sense it makes no sense the figures and all that and the, you know. but it's still a debate on how you respond to something that doesn't exist and once you that penny drops all all the questions, all the contradictions, all of it 
comes into crystal uh, focus. And people are coming more and more towards this now. And they're going to have to cross that Rubicon if they want to know what's going on. And of course, like I say, once you cross that line, you are immediately out of the realms of government incompetence and into the realms of cold, calculated, psychopathic, fascist design. I did um, an interview this week with a lung specialist. Well, actually, it was last week, end of last week, which obviously YouTube deleted because we can't possibly be hearing from lung specialists when we're talking about respiratory disease. But there you go. Um, and he made a quite a valid point, actually, in that they're not necessarily lying because they tell us what they're doing. Um, he was using an example in terms of foods that, that can cause cancers and stuff like that. Like they tell you it's on the ingredients, those long words there, you could go and search and look up what they are and know that they're, they're cancer causing, but you don't, you just stick the scran in your mouth. And he was saying it's the same with this. And I was looking at stuff and it's like, so you've got Fauci admitting live on air that when you use a PCR test, once you get to 35 cycles and above, it's a total waste of time. You're just picking up dead viruses basically just picking up dead cells it's just it's pointless it, it it doesn't tell you anything while at the same time the nhs is saying we use 45 cycles and it's all there in black and white and so it's quite frustrating they're telling you that it's a scam but people just don't seem to put those two things together and then so once you then realize that the test is a scam they've admitted that it's a total scam then you go to the death figures. So you look this week where we apparently in the UK surpassed 50,000. It says there in black and white on the Office for National Statistics, it says 50,000 deaths, little asterisks, deaths of any cause within 28 days of a positive test. A test you've also admitted is a load of nonsense. They're telling you this is a scam. It's right there in black and white. And people seem to, like you say, some people were coming over now, which is great. But people seem to still be, like you say, in this realm of the virus is this, we're just, the response is incompetent. And another thing I'd say to that, so Boris is just as incompetent as Macron then, and, and just as incompetent as Merkel then. Do you know what I mean? And Trump and everyone else all around the world that they're all the same incompetent government it's it's nonsense dad it's quite frustrating i have to I have to be honest well what what um what comes out of this um is what i've already indicated you cross the rubicon to there is no virus and suddenly everything opens up um if there is no virus then it's not government incompetence it's a cold calculated scam and given the same cold calculated scam is going on in, in countries right across the world, it's obviously globally coordinated. Now we're starting to bloody get somewhere. And what we're going to do this week is put that uh, animated video that I did um, uh, some many months ago now, explaining how this whole uh, virus hoax pandemic scam has been played out. Uh, and people will not see that if they've not seen it before. Now, the reason that I raised this, um, this subject this week, uh, Gaz, is, is because I, I, I caught, not by choice, but by um, accident as I was going through uh, uh, videos, I caught a clip from a, uh, a program in Britain called Loose Women. Now, Loose Women for people in America is a bit like your The View that's fronted up by this uh, very strange uh, uh, and aggressive woman called Joy Bihar. And this um, Whoopi Goldberg, who plays the, you know, the bonhomie comedienne uh, so often, but actually if you uh, catch um, her on The View, um, she is a very deeply, deeply unpleasant piece of work. So um, The View is appalling uh, and, and Loose Women is, is on the same lines, but I'm not sure it could possibly be as appalling as the view. Anyway, um, the clip that I saw was um, a, a group of people, particularly two. One was called um, Gloria Hunniford, who for people around the world is a well-known uh, radio and, uh, and television presenter. She has been for a long time. She's 80 now. 
And uh, her age is very uh, relevant because uh, what she does, and we'll put the, uh, the clip uh, with this video as well because people can see what I'm talking about. Um, what Gloria Hunniford does at the age of 80 is show that the amount of time uh, you um, stay alive has no relevance whatsoever to the amount of um, knowledge, awareness, and wisdom that you accrue. Because um, she shows herself in this uh, video clip to uh, be someone who, after 80 years in this reality, uh, still believes whatever the government tells her. So she's coming in this debate, it's about um, the virus, from the point of view of the lockdowns are the right thing to do and we have to protect people and there is a deadly virus and, and, and the government's doing the right thing. Uh, you know, I mean, I mean I, 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 I'm considering writing to her and offering her to, um, to buy some seafront property in the Midwest or some seafront property around Birmingham. <laughs> Um, uh, 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 sight unseen, of course, uh, and looking at the way she's bought every lie from government, uh, I might be onto a winner there. Uh, and then you have another uh, uh, lady um, who is coming from another point of view. I think she's coming from the business point of view. And she's saying, no, the government's response is, is, is not right. It's destroying business. It's destroying uh, people's livelihoods. And um, Therefore, um, we shouldn't be locking down a, a, a second time. But then goes on about, oh, you know, we, we must protect the vulnerable. So what you've got there are a, is apparently a debate going on, but it's based on the same thing. There is a virus. So the lady who's saying it's destroying livelihoods and destroying business, um, okay, fair enough, that's true. But again, when you cross this line and you realize there is no virus, that destruction of the economy and that destruction of people's livelihoods is no longer incompetence and error in responding to a virus. It's cold calculated destruction of the economy and people's livelihoods, which then leads you into another question, why? Why would they do that? Because they want to destroy people's independent income, so they all become dependent on the state, which is what is happening. And it all comes down to this. Once you cross that line to there is no virus, everything starts to, um, to fit and make sense. Uh, and for people who um, are still, oh, no, there's definitely a virus. Well, do you know there is no conclusive scientific evidence, not even nearly conclusive scientific evidence, that any virus causes any disease? Never been shown. Never. The greatest form of mind control, and we're seeing this, where there is a virus, but we're, we're responding to it this way or that way. Greatest form of mind control. Repetition. Keep saying the same thing, because if you keep repeating the lie, and that's all people hear, then the lie fuses very quickly, as it has, into everyone knows that, mate. Everyone knows there's a virus. Oh, David, oh, he's mad. Uh, maybe, I'm, may, maybe I'm not mad. Maybe I'm the same one. There is no virus, and, and that's the line. That, that journalists have to cross who are questioning uh, response and the, the catastrophic consequences of that response. And, and it needs to be questioned in terms of uh, uh, the, the medical profession as well. Um, but that is not to say, what I'm saying is, there is no SARS-CoV-2. There is no viral disease called COVID-19. What I'm not saying is that there are some people who are getting lung effects which relate to an incapacity to absorb enough oxygen into the blood. But that's not caused by a virus. It's caused by other things 
with 5G right up there um, in the frame. It's interesting you say about journalists, because I've noticed that obviously there are some journalists that are waking up to stuff and like you say, they've not quite crossed that line yet, but they are waking up to stuff. But the other thing I've noticed with journalists is they've almost become like the police in terms of protecting the narrative. Now, you know, call me old fashioned, but my idea of a journalist is someone that needs to dig around and poke a bit. Do you know what I mean? And, and kind of, you know, uncover some stones and see what's underneath them. But what they are now is they get told by government, this is what's happening. And they go, oh, okay. And then they don't just say, oh, okay, and print that. They then attack people that have looked under the stones a bit. And so we chatted um, before we started when I was saying that Elon Musk had tweeted saying that he'd just sat there taking four tests with the same nurse and the same machine and got two negatives and two positives. And basically, what on earth is going on? And one of the first replies was from a presenter from MSNBC saying this is a really irresponsible tweet. What? Like, a man's first-hand experience is an irresponsible tweet. And so, in, in my world, as a, as a journalist, I would go, wow, that is interesting, Elon. Do you mind, would you like to do an interview? Yeah, but that's, <laughs> the, thing. Yeah, that's, the, that's the thing. Uh, I, I'll give you uh, a very simple definition of a journalist. Uh, and it comes from one question. Do you believe in freedom of speech and freedom of opinion and the free flow of information? If the answer is yes, we can go on to the next stage to see if you're a journalist. If the answer is no, it's no point in going anywhere else because you're not only not a journalist, but you'll never be one. It's journalists, proper journalists, who stand up um, for freedom of opinions that they don't agree with. That's the real test. It's not, it's not a test of whether you, you agree with uh, or, or support freedom because you support someone saying what you think is true or what you want others to think is true. The true measure of a journalist, the true measure of uh, someone who believes in freedom is when they believe in the freedom of people they disagree with to have the same right to express that opinion that they do to express theirs. Um, and and if, if, you, if you don't answer yes to, to that question, you'll never be a journalist. And on that basis, there's almost none left. There's, uh, there's uh, some in the, uh, in the alternative media, of course, that, that come from that perspective. Um, even there are some even within that arena that don't. But um, in terms of the mainstream, on that criteria, that definition, we're almost finished with journalists. Uh, we've almost got none left. Well, they've, they're just the big thing they're repeating at the minute is in England at least um, cases. Cases are on the rise. Cases are on the rise. And you go well. You've you've got. We, we already know the test is bogus, right? So we'll start with that. And you've got the army in Liverpool testing everyone that moves, going into schools and testing everyone that moves without even par parental consent. So of, of course cases are gonna go, and they're not cases, they're just positive tests. Cases makes it sound like someone's ill, but of course they're going up. That's just basic. Well, that's, um, that's another aspect, uh, Gaz, to this crossing the Rubicon to there is no virus. Um, uh, because uh, once you realize that, and you realize it's not incompetence, it's a scam, then everything uh, falls into place. It falls into place why um, thousands of troops have been deployed in Liverpool to test people and test kids in schools. It's because we are in the process of watching global and national fascism unfold before our eyes. You know, I have this phrase I've used um, in the books over so long, know the outcome and you'll see the journey and you know this is the one of the big things with it and again realizing there is no virus is a massive step towards this it's to understand that there is an agenda to impose a global tyranny beyond anything even orwell envisaged not a national tyranny a global tyranny this is why all this is playing out 
in country after country in basically um, the same way. And, and the script is playing out in all these countries in the same way at pretty much the same time. Uh, and therefore, once you know that, then troops being deployed to uh, test children in schools in Liverpool is not a government response to a virus. It is getting people used to the idea and the experience, the new normal, of having uh, troops involved in domestic um, events, and particularly, this is where it's going, in domestic law enforcement, because the idea, know the outcome and you'll see the journey, is to fuse the police uh, and the military into one tyrannical uh, police military state. Been in my books for decades that this is the plan and we're now seeing it unfold. Um, so once you realize the big picture, where this is, is heading, uh, it, it, all, it all starts to um, fall into place why all these different things uh, are happening. Uh, why is it that um, the uh, New York Bar Association, uh, which is one of, uh, absolutely owned by this global cult that I'm talking about, why have they just come out this week and, and uh, called for mandatory uh, vaccinations of this Gates uh, uh, COVID uh, toxic shite? Um, because, they serve the agenda and so they push what the agenda wants which is every man woman and child on the planet vaccinated for reasons i've gone into in detail elsewhere and um, so again there is no virus so why are they rushing out a vaccine to uh, vaccinate every man, woman, and child on the planet for a virus that doesn't exist. Why are they doing it? You can even take a step back from that and say, why are they doing it on the basis of even by their figures, the fact this is obviously not a deadly virus. And another point, by the way, about there is no virus, why is it that almost everyone who tests positive has no symptoms? Because there's no virus. That's why. But what they've had to do, you see, because there is no virus. And that's another, another point to make. People have said, well, well, why don't they just release a real virus like a bioweapon? Well, because you lose control of it. And also you're then uh, limited to what that does. You can't just make it up as you go along. If you have no virus, you have a blank sheet of paper. You can make it do whatever you want. And so because there is no virus, thus there is no symptoms. <laughs> In the vast majority of people, apart from those they're, they're with other things that they've redesignated the virus, then you've got to find a way of finding something that produces no symptoms in the overwhelming, overwhelming vast majority that justifies lockdown and, and, and isolating the healthy. And so you say, ah, they've got no symptoms but they can still pass it on. Therefore, they are danger to others. Uh, and, and this is what happens. Ladies and gentlemen, please, there is no fricking virus. But that is such a leap for people. Such a enormity to grasp that the scam is that massive, that fundamental, that enormous that you drop into, no, they'd never do that. They are doing it and they're taking over your world by doing it hour by hour. You can see the game, like we, we spoke in March, that the end game was obviously mandatory vaccinations. Um, and now they're just openly saying it. And, and in the UK, they're, they're saying, oh, mm, I don't know if we can do mandatory vaccinations, but you can't travel internationally. Um, and as Ticketmaster have come out and said, you, you, you can't go to a concert or an event without a vaccine passport. 
And so that's what they do is coercion, you know, do you know what I mean? So it's not mandatory, but it, well, it is because, yeah. you know, it's like, it's like saying, if you don't do this, um, I'll kill you. Well, actually, that's quite bad. Okay, I'll tell you what, if you don't do this, I'll put you in a room and I'll close the door and I'll lock it and you won't be allowed any water or food. Well, you've killed me then, haven't you, really? I mean, you've not plunged a knife in me, but you've killed me because I'm going to die. And that's obviously the whole idea of it, just coercing people. Um, and another thing as well, like we've spoke before where they were going to cancel Christmas. And it was, it was just so obvious, it's so obvious. And then I, I saw that, that um, Biderman's coercion chart in the amnesty international chart from 1973 and i was looking at it and it said about in terms of compliance just give little rewards little bits here here you go son you have that and it made me think do you know what they might just give us christmas you know i mean regionally locked down and pretty crap but they might just give us christmas and then sunak came out yesterday saying that they were going to do uh, an eat out to help out thing again and you just think right here we go so you're going to give us a bit of christmas a little bit, there you go, there's a little crumb. And then you're gonna allow us to go out and eat, and so you're gonna fund that, eat out to help out, there you go, thanks very much sir, cheers. And then you're gonna fling the cases right up through the roof again, and you're gonna have a lockdown three down through into March and April next year. And you know what, you're gonna blame us for it, because we went out and had you know a little bit of scran in the local restaurant. So, can... so the question is, um, why, why would they do that? Um, uh, why, why would they offer uh, crumbs and little uh, rewards? Well, I did a video this week about that um, vitamins uh, chart of coercion, uh, which you can see on the website, um, to, to go through what it is for people who haven't come across it. Um, this vitamins chart is a, um, basically uh, the method of breaking down prisoners of war so that they tell you whatever you want them to know. It's a psychological dismantling of them. And when you go through it, it is exactly what is being done on the, um, the population. And the, 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 the um, little reward bit um, is not just an incentive to uh, do what they want. It's also about psychological um, dismantling. So, because what happens is when you get into a situation, you may not like it, but you adjust to it. You, you, you adjust to it. And, and when you adjust to it, it's still impacting upon you, but not in the, with the power that, 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 that um, it was before. Because you basically, if, if you like, you come to terms with it. So what they do, and this is in Biderman's chart of coercion, of course, for... Um, prisoners of war, political prisoners, is that you don't want them to reach that point of adjusting to what you're doing to them. Uh, you want to keep breaking that adjustment so that you give them um, a, a reward, you give them a bit of hope. And then once you've broken that process of coming to terms with something, then you go back in and you do it again. But what they've got to do then, of course, is go through the whole process of readjustment to it again. Um, and and it's, it's all psychological. All this is psychological. There is no virus. So it's nothing to do with health. It's to do with psychology, because from psychology comes human behavior. From human behavior comes the transformation of human society. Uh, and it's, it's very um, encouraging, this British lockdown, um, this time around, the second one, national lockdown, that, um, you know, I, I travel around uh, and, and it's not the same. That it, it, people are um, much more willing to ignore it. And, that, and that, that, that is a process that, of course, has been happening um, step by step by step since the last lockdown, when at the start, almost everyone did everything what, uh, that they were told. Um, but that is changing and that, that's, um, that's a good thing. And, and that's why you read documents from the uh, UK government's um, behavioral insights team, this psychological manipulation uh, organization that's actually owned, part owned by the British cabinet office and other offshoots of it. Um, uh, you see them uh, coming out with documents where they're saying we've got to up the ante on targeting the young and uh, people in general to, to make them conform because they're not doing uh, conforming as they, um, as they were before.
I'd say that most of the people that I see not conforming as well is the elderly. And that's great. Like on a Monday and a Tuesday, I have a Laura at home because, you know, she was in nursery, but um, she wasn't allowed to come in for two weeks after I spoke in London. So we just pulled her out of nursery. But that's a whole nother story. Anyway, um, so I take her out and about in the afternoon and we'll go out to, to little places around Derbyshire and we just run around in, in the leaves and, you know, stuff that you do with toddlers get muddy. Um, and I was at a place last week and this guy just started, he was just staring at Alora because she's a maniac. And then he just started chatting to me and he must have been in his 80s, easy. And loads of old people around. And he was just talking to me about how this lockdown was so much better because he could go to the toilet because the toilet was open and how he could get a cup of coffee, like take out, but he can get a cup of coffee and he can sit and he can interact with people and he can have a conversation which you didn't do on the first lockdown. He said, because obviously the parks were open, but you could just, you, there was no one around. And then the toilets were closed. He was like, you know, and obviously I, I need to go to the toilet. So I just sat in my house, um, getting more and more depressed, basically. And he was saying how fantastic it is now, because he, because, you know, he's a widower. His, his wife died a long time ago. So he can just sit and interact and have a conversation like he was having with me. And so yeah. you have this situation where we're supposed to be protecting the elderly when we're killing the elderly. Yeah. Psychologically as well. Well, there's two things to that. First of all, um, what you've just described is someone seeing something that's not normal, um, almost being like the old normal. Uh, what I mean by that is you have the extreme of the lockdown and, and you recognize that as extreme. Then you go into another lockdown that's not quite as extreme and somehow that's that's like normal, but it's not. It's even as it is now, it's not like it used to be. Um, the other thing about um, old people um, is that, you know, I've talked about Gloria Hunterford. She's um, 80 um, years of age and has clearly learned nothing about um, life in the world in terms of, um, uh, of the way governments operate. Uh, and, and, you know, that you, you have this phrase, there's no fool like an old fool. And that's true in the sense that if you've lived decade, all these decades and learnt nothing, well, that's pretty foolish. But there are enormous numbers of, um, of old people who aren't like that. They have um, gleaned wisdom and knowledge and perception from their um, decades of life. And um, they don't want uh, those people with a, with a, a greater perspective, those who've um, got a mind of their own. Um, interacting, for instance, with young people or, or, or people in general, they want rid of them. And it's, it's no surprise when you see the tens and tens of thousands, goodness knows what the figure must be, of old people that have been killed around the world because of lockdown, not a virus. Um, and now these psychopaths have come out with this, uh, this announcement that the, that the vaccine is close and that they are going to target, um, and that's what they're doing. They're going to give it to the old, oldest people first. Well, of course, they want rid of them. It's murder. And, I, you know, just before we started, I, I ran this off, Gaz, talking about the vaccine. Um, you see, yeah, I've talked in these, in these uh, video casts over the months of the incremental way they do it. So a vaccine, vaccine, and then everything will go back to normal. Well, it was never going to be. That's just what want you to believe in that moment. And then, oh yeah, one vaccine, yeah, no, 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 one vaccine won't be enough. Um, and uh, oh, the vaccine's safe and you know, it won't cause any problems. If you say it's not safe, you're a, a racist bigot. Um, all that stuff. Well, let's look at this. This is a story from today. COVID vaccines may have potentially unpleasant side effects. Ha! Just as there are some to introduce it, they, they drop this in. Pfizer is expected to seek federal permission to release its COVID-19 vaccine by the end of November. Uh, I'll wait for this, Gaza. The vaccine, and likely most others, see for certain will require two doses to work. Now, now we've already gone from one to two, and then they'll, they'll want to repeat this um, year on year. Will require two doses to work, injections that must be given weeks apart. 
so you have the first one and obviously that's not going to do much even by their um, criminal mendacity. Company protocols show. Scientists anticipate that the shots will cause um, innovating flu-like side effects. <coughs> what, are the, um, what are the symptoms of, uh, of COVID-19? Well, it's flu-like. Are we gonna get a, gonna get a vaccination to it? Yeah. What are the consequences of the vaccination? Flu-like symptoms. Also, sore arms, muscle aches, and fever that could last days and temporarily sideline some people from work or school. Just want what you want to give 80-year-olds, innit? I mean, it's a... Ah! Uh, uh. And even if a vaccine proves 90% effective, they tell us it is, they don't tell us how they can uh, justify that. The rate Pfizer touted for its product one in 10 recipients would still be vulnerable. But once you know, there is no virus. No one will be vulnerable to the virus if they don't get vaccinated for, uh, with a vaccination that can't be vaccinating for the virus. Of course, there is no virus and they've never isolated it and and it and and uh, captured its genetic code so how can they vaccinate for it and so across the rubicon if there is no virus and these people are not of course they're not why are you rushing out this vaccination for something you know it's not for well because they want this shite in the vaccine in, in, inside people for another reason. And see, again, the whole panorama of what's actually happening um, opens up. So uh, that means, at least in the short term, as, wait, here we go, here we go. That means, at least in the short term, as population level immunity grows, people can't stop social distancing and throw away their masks. Again, little rewards or little promises, not even rewards. Oh, we go back to normal if you have the vaccine. Yeah, you, you won't have to wear a mask and, and you won't have to social distance and you can, you can go to a concert and a football game and stuff like that. And then further down, oh, well, actually, actually probably not. But you still got to have the vaccine. Uh, I mean, it's, it, this is what's happening, mate. It's real simple. Fishermen. Line out, deadly vaccine. Uh, oh, sorry, deadly um, virus. Deadly virus. Oh my God. Oh my God. And then pull it in. And you pull it in incrementally until it's on the end of your rod. And you put it in the keep net. And that's the fascist state that our kids are going to have to live in more than anyone and longer than anyone. But actually, it's a fascist state that is around us now. Um, so it affects everybody. But hey, just sit there swimming. You'll be all right. You won't be able to get out of the net, but, you know, it's the new normal. You know it makes sense. I like that um, you accidentally said deadly vaccine. Oh, yeah. Well, th that, was <laughs> that was obviously not a slip of the tongue. Um, uh, my, my subconscious um, was well aware of what it really meant. Exactly. Well, talking about um, scams, the um, the U.S. election uh, is the gift that keeps on giving, and it has been. Well, it, it was always going to be. We had conversations about it a long time ago. Um, the dark winter, you know, uh, the fact that Whitney Webb had done, you know, all that incredible research and was speaking months ago about what was going to happen with this election, and and the the, the name of the article was Dark Winter, and then you've got Harris tweeting a couple of days ago that this is going to be a dark winter. And I thought, you know what? You're just trolling us now. You, you, you're just telling us what's happening. Yeah, I mean, what we've just talked about is absolutely uh, relevant to move on to what's happening in America. Because um, it's almost impossible 
to exaggerate the scale of naivety that infests the woke mind. They think they've just overturned fascism with the election in regards to Trump. And I'm no Trump supporter, not about any of them. But what they've done, if Biden, which is at the moment likely, ends up as president, is to um, bring fascism to America on a scale it's not seen before, certainly in modern times. Because Biden is already uh, doing it, is going to go COVID crazy. We've also, wait, uh, all, all, um, all the, the signs that we're seeing are that this is going to come in and it's going to be rushed through once he gains uh, any kind of power. Uh, we have his um, COVID advisor coming out and wanting a, a fierce national lockdown. Why? Because that's the script. We have him uh, appointing a guy called uh, Ron uh, Klein, uh, a um, ultra-Zionist as his chief of staff. Um, we have another guy called um, Tony Blinken, uh, who's another ultra-Zionist, who is uh, being, um, the phone's going again. It'd be Joe Biden on the phone. Yeah, it, well, it, it probably won't. He wouldn't know what a phone is, probably. But um, this uh, Tony Blinken um, is likely to have a very big role, maybe even Secretary of State in foreign policy. He's an ultra-Zionist. And so what you're going to um, uh, see um, is the, um, the COVID restrictions in America getting more and more and more extreme under Biden, including uh, mandatory masks outside your home across the country. And you're going to see the overseas wars start to kick off again. Uh, you're gonna see Iran start to uh, come into the picture again as a target because um, uh, American foreign policy has been um, controlled from Israel uh, through the Trump administration. That's why Israel's been given virtually everything it wants. What it hasn't been given, although it very nearly did apparently, there were planes in the, in the air heading for Iran. Um, uh, Trump has not given them the, the overseas uh, Middle East wars that they want of conquest and overthrow because he had to keep sweet a, a whole constituency of people that got him elected in 2016 that absolutely are against those things. So he, he was um, uh, kind of limited in what he could do overseas. And, and, and he, all his rhetoric uh, was about bringing the troops home, not sending more out there. Not the case with Biden. Um, the Democratic uh, Party um, is the party of war. They're, they're both parties of war, but, but real parties of war. It's the party of the, um, the military industrial complex. And so you're gonna see uh, the foreign policy uh, uh, moving on to more overseas wars and more regime changes to suit um, uh, the, uh, the cult that controls Israel and indeed um, is so influential in America. They must have really wanted him elected, Biden though. Because I mean, there's one, one particular guy in, in um, Georgia who was so desperate for him to be elected that, I mean, even though he died in 2006, he still managed to come back to life to, to place a vote. I mean, that's dedication, that, isn't it? Well, um, there's a few things here. If you look at it dispassionately, and I can, because I don't support Biden, I don't support Trump, um, then you can look at the election from a point of view of was it fair or was it just? And, and it clearly wasn't. Uh, I mean, the, um, the information and the evidence is gathering all the time that a gigantic scam took place. Um, and that, you know, all these uh, dead people. And when you've got states sending out ballots to everyone in the state, uh, even though they've not asked for a postal ballot, but they get one anyway. You've got all these ballots circulating. They can do anything you like with them. Um, and you've got all the um, restrictions on the uh, 
the observers of the count uh, and all these things that are coming to light. But even that, I would suggest, is a smokescreen. Uh, that it needs to be investigated, it needs to be highlighted, but I, I, I think that's, an, uh, that's another diversion. Because what this cult does, what it's brilliant at, is hiding what it's doing by giving you diversions. So, for instance, with COVID, give them a diversion that, that it, um, it was a bioweapon coming out of the Wuhan biolab. Because that still holds, there is a virus, which is, which is the real um, line they want to hold, for reasons I, I, obviously I've talked about. Um, and, and, and the line here they want to hold is that there was uh, vote counting uh, that was fraudulent. There were votes added that were fraudulent. I mean, votes that you can hold and see. But we had um, a video on davidite.com this week. I do... Um, um, you know, recommend it, in which um, a, a guy who runs a kind of security and cyber security company uh, goes through with the evidence, with the, the computer print-offs of how um, the election was actually scammed um, electronically. Uh, he, he points out that something like, I think it was 28 states, had their um, voting over overseen by a cyber company operating out of Barcelona, Spain, that they don't seem to be able to find out who owns it. And that um, the, um, the, the cloud, the server on which those uh, votes were held was in Frankfurt, Germany. What? Frankfurt, Germany, of course, the spiritual home of the Rothschilds. Um, so what he's saying is that they were able to download the data from the voting system, then re-upload it, having changed the nature of the votes electronically. And if you look at these key states, all Democrats uh, run in terms of its government, um, you see that they're counting. These are the states that Biden or Trump had to win to win the election. And Trump's significantly ahead. Then they stop counting. And they pretty much stop counting for about three hours. What? In the, what, the middle of a voting night? What? And then when they start counting again, the votes start to switch from Trump to Biden. And like I say, it's right that all these discrepancies in, 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 in the, the count are, are looked at and investigated, but don't let that hide and obscure how it was really done, which is electronically. And when you have this cult-owned fact-checking um, censorship operation called NewsGuard, approaching people, as they did with us this week, asking for a comment on how we could use this video when the government says there was no evidence to, to, to show it's true. And I, every time NewsGuard um, approaches, I reply, send me the evidence that it's not true. They never do, because it's, it's not about whether it's true or not. It's about discrediting stuff they don't want people to believe. Um, and so when NewsGuard approach you about something you've posted, you know that whatever you've posted is onto something. And they did that this week, as you know, with, um, with this video that I'm talking about. And it is onto something. And uh, I think that's the way it was pulled off. It was a very diplomatic reply on your part, Dev. I have yeah. to say, yeah, she, she, she was taken to the cleaners, but it's like you, you, you provided a limo in the way that you worded it, which was quite nice, I felt. Yeah. You do what you can. That's it. That's it. But they're, they're you know, I, I did that interview with Dino um, Wyand yesterday talking about the Center for Countering Digital Hate and what they're all about. And, and he was saying within their, within their web, it's, there's fact checkers, there's everything. 
So they own it, you know, and, and obviously NewsGuard will be well involved with all of that. Well involved, well involved. And the other thing, Gaz, um, that um, is worth noting, well, we've talked about this, uh, this dark winter, this uh, full-blown fascist uh, Biden administration, um, if that's the way it goes. Um, and if they control the, the White House, well, not Biden, who controls Biden controls the White House. They control the House, the House of Representatives, and there's two runoff um, votes going on for um, the Senate in Georgia. And um, if they go the Democrats' way, they'll, they'll run the Senate as well, which means they have no pushback at all in whatever they do. And you mentioned Georgia. Uh, I mean, what's happened in Georgia is, um, is, is just classic of what's uh, uh, been going on for some time. Because, you know, as I said about this uh, uh, COVID-19 hoax, didn't just appear. This has been prepared for on multiple, multiple levels for a very, 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 very long time. As many varies as you like, it goes way back. And so with this election. So what they've been doing in Georgia, classic, is constantly in the years before cutting back and cutting back on voting security and this is um where it's reached they changed the law so that the signature on a ballot does not have to match the signature on the voter roll what no what they say is all the signature on the ballot has to do is to match the signature on the form applying for a postal ballot right so that's not easy to scam is it okay I'll, I'll sign the form to get the ballot and then i get the ballot and i sign the ballot and and then as long as the two tally it's counted as a vote the fact that it doesn't tally with the the voter role of the person who's supposed to be voting that doesn't matter that's what's going on in georgia and they will be desperately trying to scam these two um senate uh, seats so that um they control the senate and then goodbye america once you you've got that in place in terms of that electronic voting scam that's that's every election all over the world done so at the next election in the UK, if they want, you know, a, a Labour woke government, they'll get one because they yeah. can just do that, you know, store it in, in a cloud in, I don't know, wherever what, what, what exactly? and just pull it off. Yeah. Well, exactly. And, and, and but th this is this is what's, go what's going to happen if, if, if Biden just, just gets through to the presidency. Um, they are going to be um, basically opening the southern border. So um, people can come into America illegally in vast numbers. They are going to, and Biden's already said it, they are going to give an amnesty and a road to citizenship for something like, well, he says 11 million. Uh, the truth is it's closer to 20 million illegal uh, people in America. Um, and uh, they're probably going to try to bring in a, uh, another state uh, uh, into the union. Um, and that will all be designed to produce so many uh, Democrat voters, oh, look what we've done for you, um, that um, America will be, from Biden onwards, a full-blown uh, one-party state where no other party can ever win. Uh, and that, that's on the road to where they uh, plan to go, know the outcome, you'll see the journey, which is the end of elected uh, politicians and uh, the whole shebang run by bureaucrats, scientists uh, and uh, technocrats. Uh, and, and we're moving there now. Um, the technocrats of Silicon Valley decided this election in America. They decided it. Um, and now uh, this guy, um, uh, uh, Klein, uh, the chief of staff I mentioned, he's a lobbyist for Silicon Valley. Silicon, Silicon Valley is going to take over the government completely. Um, and they're technocrats. They've already got more power than uh, 
than politicians. And this is where they want to go. A global fascist technocratic tyranny. And um, we're watching it happen. And, uh, you know, crossing this Rubicon, there is no virus, is a massive, massive step to realizing the scale of what's going on.